For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, this is Stefan Gonick for our uh, monthly live Q&A call. And I will be answering questions for the people on the call with me live. And unfortunately, I don't have any email questions this time. So we already have the first person with the question ready to go. So how can I help you? Okay. Um... Yeah, this is um, something that has been bothering me actually for almost five years now, and because um, um, it's been almost five years since my last relationship ended, and I am still stuck there. And I realize that a lot of it is regret, and I and I've done a lot of tapping on that, and I've also you know, tapped on my rage at him for what he did to me and, and the connection to a trauma that I had when I was a child because there was a, a major, like, betrayal that happened and it re-triggered a childhood betrayal that when I felt betrayed by my mother. And mm. um, I'm just wondering, like, what else to do because I feel like I've done so much tapping around this and it just keeps going on and I can't let it go. So are you still um, angry I, at him? Uh, well, right now, if I really check into it, I'm only getting like a three. But like I said, I did do some tapping where I went in the car and I, and I screamed at him and, and, and I really got a lot of that anger out and I also uh, the the second part of that tapping was what the child needed was for him to apologize to give a sincere apology Mm -hmm. which he did and he also explained to me because because the thing that really was in real question so in real life he actually apologized to you no, no. In in my visualization, he uh, okay. he apologized mm-hmm. to to that younger part of me, that earlier part of me, and he also explained to me that he's moving on so quickly because he did. He moved on like in less than two months, and that was the thing that really killed me. Was how quickly okay. he just moved forward, and it felt like a betrayal. Is what it is. Um, because he never even tried, he never even tried to to fix what we had, and and it really led me back to a trauma with my my mother, like how she never, she just never fought, you know. And mm-hmm. oh my god, and I'm just realizing right now, this may be part of it, but I didn't get this before because like it just came up as I'm asking the question. I've never tapped on the fact that my father never fought for me. And this is just now coming up. 
Well, I think that's a, a key piece that you just got in touch with, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it's amazing because just asking the question allowed me to have that insight. <laughs> well, let me explain a little bit to everybody else who could be listening to this um, what's going on here. So, <clears throat> and then we can talk a bit more about what to do, though it sounds like you already have a good idea just from that. So okay. lots of times when we get stuck on an X, you know, I mean, certainly when a relationship ends, especially if somebody does something that felt very hurtful or painful or something, you know, we can feel, uh, you know, a lot of leftover feelings that can last for a while. And that's one of the reasons why they say, you know, it's, uh, it's a good idea. Well, lots of times people need a whole year, you know, after the end of a major relationship that's lasted for a number of years. Um, so that can be normal. But then if it starts to keep going on and on, so it's like you said, it's in five years, you know, now we're getting beyond the normal recovery period and grieving process and all that. And so then we start realizing that, there, okay, there must be something deeper going on than just, you know, such an important relationship to me and I've lost and now it's over. Because that we can recover from. As long as we don't avoid our emotions all the time, you know, that should, that should take six to, six to 12 months to get over just normally. So we start looking for what you can think of is, is, is in two categories of things that may be the source of this. Part, one of them is what I call unfinished business with that person. And the other is kind of what we've been talking about more, which is triggering deeper issues, you know, d- deep, you know, old experiences that this experience is kind of tapping into. And you just got in touch with the fact that there's two major childhood experiences that seems to be at the root of of the you know great enduring distress around what this person did, right? So we have your father not fighting for you and the betrayal you experienced with your mother. So when you have, for, so for everybody now, if you find yourself in this really persisting situation, it's like God, I just cannot seem to get over my ex. It's not really about your ex. It's about these kinds of things. So, you know, looking deeper to see, okay, what could this be triggering me, you know, is the most important and effective thing you can do, which um, Don is, is doing. She already identified one of them before and then just discussing this question out loud got her in touch with another one. And who knows, it could even be a third one. You never know. But sometimes it's not a deeper thing and Don already, already alluded to this. And that's more the unfinished business part. So I'd just like to explain this to everybody so you'll know, you know what to do on your own. Um, and one of the bonuses, by the way, is uh, from Kara Look, this, um, uh, an audio to help get over an X. But uh, her audio is not like a really deep one. It's, it's something that can be helpful and it may be sufficient. So I would, you know, people are in this position you know, definitely go over and use it and try it. But here's the general thing. You know, look for deeper things getting triggered. And the other one is finishing the unfinished business with the past partner basically is in the category of fully expressing the leftover emotions. So like Don was saying, you know, she was really angry at the, at the betrayal that he did. So you want to just like let yourself really vent it in a big way, like rage it out. One of the things I recommend doing for people doing this on their own is that you just imagine the person is in front of you, 
only paralyzed, so you know he or she can't do anything. And you just start expressing your feelings out loud to the person in as big a way as you can while tapping. So you know, anger is a good, good emotion to start with. And just think about all the things you're angry about and just vent them and vent them and vent them until you're done. And it may take a while. You know, there may be a lot of things you're angry about or it may take a lot of venting to really get them fully out of you, even with tapping. So you might have to do this you know, a few times. Uh, and then you want to do this for every emotion. So there'll be anger, there'll be hurt and sadness, uh, there'll be fear, there'll be regrets, um, shame or guilt, you know, all these different emotions. Um, and including wanting things like apologies, where you just, you kind of save that for the end though. You know, where you, you get asked for and get an apology from the person for the negative things they did. Um, and then if you cleared out all of that negative energy, you then want to add in appreciation because, you know, they're, they're, you know it kind of helps you shift to a more positive energy uh, to get in touch with and verbally express things that you appreciate about being together. Some of the things you appreciated are all the things you learned, all the ways you learned and grow, grow, uh, grew, <laughs> uh, you know, from the experience. Even the negative things that happened is like, wow, I really grew a lot from that. And I'm saying that sincerely. Like I've really come to understand myself better, my needs better, things like that. And there could also be things you appreciate about just, you know, the good things, good experiences you shared together. And get into that. And then at the end of it all, you say goodbye. So you say the person's name, you know, say John. I say goodbye to you and I release you from my life. And if that feels free and easy, like, yeah, that feels, I feel done, I feel complete, then you are. If when you say goodbye, you start crying again, or you feel angry again or something, or you tighten up inside, then you know you're still not quite done. So you want to just find, you know, tune in and figure out um, are there any other emotions that you either didn't express or didn't sufficiently express, so there, there's still some leftover stuff. Um, and that's a really effective way to, to kind of free, you know, kind of remove that person from your system, right? All that leftover stuff, which is what we, you know, when we talk about having baggage left over from a past relationship that we carry into the next one, this is what all this is about. So it's really good to clear all this stuff out. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful for you, Don, but uh, hopefully it's rather good. Um, yeah, and actually, at one point, um, he did try to, you know, like approach me and, you know, re, you know, kind of reopen the communication between us. But I realized at that time I was just still so angry at him that I sure. couldn't do it. And there's just so, so a lot of this, you know, and I'm realizing, of course, that part of the reason, because I used to, you know, just blame everything on, well, you know, he's just, has, he has a fear of commitment and he's just, you know, unavailable. But I'm also starting to realize that the way that I showed up in this relationship um, was such that um, I really kind of had this energy from the very beginning of like, please love me and please don't hurt me. Like, yeah. So I can understand why he didn't see me as being fit for a long-term relationship because he pretty much he told me that right from the beginning that he just didn't see me as someone that he could be in a long-term relationship with. Right. 
Um, and yet, you know, I, I accepted that. And well, I, when we I have a... Just... Yeah. So I, I just wanted to make a comment when you said I accepted that. I'm guessing you were going to say, you know, I, I should have gotten out at that point. But when we have exactly. an issue of... Un... Yeah. When we have an issue of unavailable people, right, if you have an unavailable man or woman issue, um, then that kind of thing will actually hook you rather than tell you that, well, forget it then, you know. <laughs> if you don't see me as long-term relationship potential, then I'm out of here, right? The people who say that are people who don't have an unavailable partner issue. So don't give yourself a hard time for that because that was the very issue that needed to be healed. And by him saying that, he was actually hooking you stronger, you know, more strongly. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, that's normal. That's, that's how we all function. Um, and, and, you know, that's the first block that we're trying to clear, right? These, this unhealthy negative attraction pattern that we have, which, by the way, is another reason why it can be hard to get over an ex. Because if you think about it, you know, all of our negative attraction patterns were painful things that happened to us from the negative traits of our parents where we desperately wanted them to love us instead. So anytime our parent acted out their negative trait on us, we would go into this place of, you know, just really wanting them to love us instead. So when we meet somebody, you know, that triggers that. So it's like, oh, this is reminding me of my dad or my mom. Now I'm going to, you know, sort of carry over that longing, that desperate longing for my mom or dad to love me onto you, new partner. And then if that partner leaves us, it kind of reconfirms the lack of love that we had growing up. So that's another thing that can hook us. So if it's that kind of thing, it's a little, you know, this thing about, you know, the difficulty of getting over an ex can have many components. So we just talked about two already, you know, triggering an old wound, um, unfinished business. And then there's this third one, which is just the act of them breaking up with us. If they, if they met our pattern, you know, strongly, this negative attraction pattern, and leave us in this place of, you know, obsessing over what happened and all this stuff because it's really not about them still. It's really about, you know, the desperate longing for the love of our parent. So that gets triggered. So in this program, though, the thing uh, that's going to help the most is to, uh, you know, heal that stuff, right? To heal the negative attraction pattern that you're having uh, to begin with. So, you know, that, that can be you know, very helpful to make that the focus of the work. And in fact, as you do that, you can, you'll, usually you'll notice that your, your level of attachment to that person will keep going down, 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 down. But not always. Sometimes, you know, you have to deal with these other two things. It's kind of the most complicated case, <laughs> you know, this thing about getting stuck on an ex. So we have three major well, components yeah. to it. And especially because, you know, I always thought of him as being the unavailable one. And yet, two months after we, we ended, he ended up with another woman who he is now living with. Right. And so it's like, well, who was really the unavailable <coughs> one? Was it him <laughs> or was it me? Because well, I don't know if you remember... 
Well, yes. So that is a, a likely factor. But again, we don't want to get down on ourselves for it. We just want to understand it. And yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember from the mini course or if you saw the webinar or wherever, but I talked about how we can unintentionally uh, push our partner into behaving more like the negative trait of our parent. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And I think that's exactly what I did. Yeah, for those in who fact, may not I remember I think I've that. been doing that all along. Sure. I mean, that's what we... Um, that's what we all do. You know, that's one of the things that uh, that um, is a, a big part of this whole phenomenon. So the idea here, just uh, I'll try and do it really quick, is that when somebody, um, yeah, well, well, sorry, somebody, all of us, you know, when we grew up the negative trait of our parent, we experience that negative trait, you know, hundreds of times growing up which, you know, the pain of it. So what happened, the end result is, is that we feel or we become very oversensitive to anything that reminds us of that trait and we become very overreactive to it, which causes us to behave in a way that will actually push our partner into acting more like that negative trait without us even being aware of it or realizing it. So, and we can start with that, right? It's not even necessarily that we overreact. is we can kind of walk into a relationship from that place. Um, which is maybe what gave him the feeling that, you know, I don't feel like this is long-term relationship material. And so he was then very, you know, reserved and, you know, kept you, held you at a distance, which then hooked you like crazy because that was fitting the pattern. But as you heal this stuff, this kind of thing shouldn't happen anymore. Because you heal that wound of unavailability, um, you're not going to act in ways that pushes people into becoming unavailable. And you're also not going to be attracted to people who are unavailable. So it's going to be a, a dramatic difference for you as you work through that. Yeah. And I, I can kind of see myself um, setting boundaries in a way that I've never done before since I've been working with you. Um, ah, in, in ways that were surprising to me because before it would have been such a big deal. I would have gone up in my head and and tried to justify why I need to set a boundary. And now I find myself just blurting out like, um, no, I don't want to sit in that chair because it doesn't feel comfortable. And that's exactly what I said. And I didn't back down. And I was amazed afterwards. Because I know before I would have never done that. I would have simply sat in a chair. It was in a restaurant. And the chair would have had my back facing the door, which didn't feel comfortable. And then Mm -hmm. there was a curtain that was right there, which the curtain would have been kind of hanging right by the side of my head and my arm. And the whole thing just, it felt uncomfortable just looking at it. And I just insisted, you know, can we move another table or something so that, you know, I just don't feel comfortable sitting there. And then finally... One of the men got up and said, "Here, I will, I will go sit in that chair, and and you can take my seat." And it, and it, and nice. I realized, my God, it it wasn't a big deal. There was a man who was chivalrous, and I, and I also got to see that part that that there still are men who 
have that protective instinct. And mm-hmm. he was more than willing just caring. to move. Yeah, yeah. He may just been it caring. It like feel that. more comfortable. Yeah. That's fantastic. And it, and it wasn't an imposition. And I thought, you know, and I, and I recognized that because even though it seems like a, just a little thing, for me, I would have, before, I would have just went and sat in that chair and sat there being extremely uncomfortable the whole time. And yeah. I would have suffered through it. But now I'm willing to speak up for the first time. Yay. And uh, I have to recognize, yeah, that's <laughs> a big deal for me. It is. It is a wonderful thing to have already experienced. And that's one of the cool things that does come from the program is people often find that, it's, that, is, that is the case, that um, it becomes easier to set boundaries and to ask for what we want, which is a very important part of having a healthy relationship. You know, it's not just about finding our ideal partner, but we want to be able to have a good, healthy relationship with that person once we find them. Otherwise, things can fall apart, which would be a great tragedy. And so that's a really important part. You know, ironically, yeah. it's our ability to have boundaries that allows us to be more fully open to our partner. Right? Because if we're not able to have boundaries, then we have to feel on guard a lot. So yeah, It's one of these exactly. paradoxical things. My ability to say no makes my yeses more free, right? I feel, when I say yes, I really mean it, right? And I can be more open, less guarded because, you know, I know I can take, I, I can take care of myself. If I feel, if it's hard for me to have boundaries then I'm feeling kind of shaky about my ability to take care of myself in the relationship and then, um, and then I have to be in this guarded state. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing to be able to do, really important. So, coolosity. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and so do you I have any other questions? Too, it, well, I'm just thinking, like, if I would have had the ability to set those boundaries in that relationship, mm-hmm. we might not have broke up in the first place because it was because of the fact that I would get angry at the little things that he did, and it just built up, built up, built up, and it ended up with me exploding. And I was the one that broke it off because I just exploded because I had so much rage built up inside of me. And had I been able to set the little boundaries, you know, in the moment, that Mm -hmm. whole breakup might never have happened. And maybe that's part of the the grief about this is that it didn't have to happen like that. Yeah. Well... Theoretically, it didn't have to happen like that, but, you know, where you're at in your personal growth, it did have to happen like that. And the good thing about it happening like that is I'm guessing that's what motivated you, you know, not necessarily immediately, but that's what motivated you to eventually get help and, you know, do the healing that you need to do to, to change all this. And yeah, lots of times we have to have our worst experience. Yeah, because since that breakup, um, I mean, I have invested in so many programs. I've read books. Because of that breakup, I mean, I was at the point of being almost suicidal when it happened. It was so painful. Yeah. Yeah. But it has motivated me to, to make some major, major life changes, including investing in your course, which 
in many ways has been more helpful in a more permanent nature because of changing the actual energy and really going deep with the healing, which the other programs, there's a lot about, well, you need to say this and you need to text him that and, and all these things, but they didn't really deal as much with what about changing the inner energy and healing the inner child, which is where this stuff is really coming from. Yes, that's, and all that well, that's, exactly, that's exactly how I feel too. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, that's, that's why I created this is for that exact reason. I thought most programs don't really go to the root of it, of it all. So I am super glad that it's been helping you. And hopefully now from what we talked about, you're going to be able to more fully let go of him. And you know, keep focusing on the unavailable parent thing in, your, in mm-hmm. the program itself. Stay on that until it feels more done. And I think that's when you'll So you think I just have it done? I would do some more there. Like done enough? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would do some more there. Um, Usually one of them is is the sticky one. You know, a lot of the stuff that we work on in the program, you know, gets healed reasonably easily. But lots of times there's one that's sticky. And it's like, okay, I need to focus a lot of time on this particular one because that's the one that's the hardest one for me. And unavailability tends to be one of those. So I would I would go back and there's three different sessions on that topic. That's how unfortunately common okay. it is. <clears throat> and I would go through them all again, all three of them. And just kind of keep okay. keep chipping away at it until you start to feel really different in in the tapping sessions. And you're noticing the, you know, a sense of freedom from it that feels really resolved. So it's not just feeling better, it's feeling done, right? Yeah. So. yeah. All right, cool. I just want to I just want to move on from that, you know. Of course. Or if we you know, if there's any chance of getting back together, it's not going to happen anyhow if I'm feeling miserable like this. And still stuck in this place. Yeah, and I wouldn't focus on him. Right. Once you heal the stuff, the person you get together with will be better than him. Yeah, and, and that's, maybe that's, that's the problem wants. too. It's hard to imagine. I understand. And yet I've seen yeah. it over and over again. Because he seemed like the best possible guy from within your old issues. Right. And, and even if there was good things about him, I'm not saying he, he, didn't, you know, he wasn't a good guy or something like that. What I'm saying is, is that what I've seen over and over again is anybody who told me, he's like, oh, you know what? I've, I've heard this many times from clients. Well, they'll say, oh, you know, I have this relationship and this was like my soulmate. This was, this was the right one. And I'm just so heartbroken that, you know, I wasn't in a place for it to work out or whatever. And I'll never find something like that again. And by the time we finish working together, they have a whole new perspective on it. They have a much more balanced perspective. They don't view that person as a soulmate anymore. They still appreciate their good qualities. They don't feel like this person was the end all and be all. And when they do find somebody new after that, they realize that, wow, this is actually way better than what I thought was my best relationship because they're doing it from this healed place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah so don't, don't hold him on a pedestal. Don't hold him on a pedestal. It's like, oh, I, I wish that maybe if I heal enough, I can get him back. 
When you heal enough, you'll get better than him. I've never yet seen a case where the person didn't recognize that as good as they used to think that partner was, they're actually, were not their ideal partner. And like, I probably wouldn't even want him back by the time I do all this. Right. That's, and that's also been, you know, very, most often the case is they go, yeah. <laughs> I now, I used to have nothing but glowing feelings for this person. Now I have mixed feelings about the person. You know, yeah, sure, there's things I appreciate, but there's other parts, you know, no, that wasn't, that wouldn't work for me anymore. So, so that's why I hold yeah. out to you, is that uh, you're going to find somebody better than him. When you finish your healing, you're going to find somebody better than him, and you're going to even shake your head going, God, why did I think he was so amazing before? <laughs> you know? In fact, it's kind of hard for me to even connect. That's what people say to me. It's like, it's kind of hard for me to even go back to that feeling, you know, to even connect with the, 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 my, the self, the me that felt that way. Like, it's hard for me to even be there, you know, go there again. So. All right. So I look forward to, uh, you know, keep me posted. I look forward to hearing how this all pans out for you. Oh, definitely. Thanks. You're very welcome. All right. So, muted Don. And there's somebody else who has a raised hand. Let me see who this person is. Hello. Hi, hi Stefan. Hello. Hey. Can you hear me? Who is this? If you, I hear you fine. Can oh. you hear me? <laughs> yeah, this is Anna. Oh, hey, Anna. How are things? Good. So, that's good. How are things to you? What can, what can I help you with? The issue that I'm having, right, is very similar to what you were discussing with the previous caller, except I don't know if it's me or him. Okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, you know Anderson, you know he's great. He's a great guy. Mm -hmm. you're, you're married to him. Yes. And what happens yep. is that we have these issues, right? The main thing is that he's he's very particular about cleaning. If you give him something to do, he will do it really well, but it just takes him all day. Whereas I want to do mm -hmm. things just quickly and get them out of the way. And mm -hmm. he, I feel that he's murdering me over small things. And at the moment, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm recreating the past. So I do not allow myself to react. Okay. But I'm stuffing oh, when, down. I, just, I need to understand something a little better. When you say he's murdering you around small things, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? For example, no, like, okay, if we're cleaning, he wants things done a very particular way. Like if there is a stain on a table that he will wipe mm -hmm. it with a cloth and then he will fold it and wipe it that way. He won't spread it. But if it's me, I mm -hmm. get the cloth and I just wipe it everywhere. I'm actually spreading it. But I do, in my mind, I get a clean. Okay. Uh -huh. right. But in his mind, I'm spreading it. And he is very particular. His standards are very high. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mind someone telling me a way to do something if it's better than the way I'm doing myself which clearly what he's telling me is better so I did it the way he wanted okay but it's the way he says it to me he can speak very bluntly you know English isn't his first language and it really hurts or mm. you know we you know we have a baby now and he will say something to me like um 
or, or it's just the way he talks to me. Um, and then if I tell him that he's being harsh with me, he will say, this is the way I talk. It's you. You're just too sensitive. You know, anyone mm. says anything to you and you're upset straight away. And I am very upset. But I right. is, is that enough information? I At the moment, I'm not allowing myself react to anything. But I'm stuffing okay. down my uncomfortable feelings. And then I did get very upset yesterday. We have a baby now and you know my heart, you know, you can get very emotional <laughs> in the early days of having a baby. Yeah. And if we don't agree on everything with parenthood, it's he he's just very blunt. Yeah. So let me just help other people who are listening understand your background is that you had a mother who was um, super, super critical and harsh on you. So this is yes. something that you're very, you're very sensitive to. So what can happen, so I believe that he may say things in a, you know, in a kind of a blunt way rather than a soft, kind way. I'm, I'm not challenging that. But there's also a part of you, given your history with your mother, that's going to be, um, that's going to be a bit of a sore spot for you. you know, that's it, exactly. Yeah. Right. So we have two things going on here. One is, you know, it could be nice if he would say it in a gentler way on his side. And then on your side, there's a part of you that has so much pain from your childhood around being screamed at by your mom. I mean, when people don't know this, but, you know, it's for you. She didn't just criticize you. She did it screaming at you and saying very nasty things and things like that. So it was, it was yeah. intense. Yeah. Right. So... Here's one thing I can suggest. Um, you know, without without hearing an example, it'd be it'd be fantastic. You know, ideally to like hear a recording. You know, so we could. You know, I could, I could even record sometime. I can even record sometime. He wouldn't mind. Okay. I'd record it maybe but for next session. Sure, but here's one thing you can do. When he does something that feels harsh, like he's telling you how to do something, and you're saying it's the way he says it. Yeah. And my guess is that what's getting triggered here, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm sure there are kinder, gentler, more diplomatic ways that he could say stuff. So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that anything that's not very kind, diplomatic, and gentle is going to tend to trigger your mother thing. So yes. what I'm going to suggest is that when that happens, um, that you go into another room, to the bathroom maybe, close the door, turn on the fan, you know, mm-hmm. and do some silent scream yelling in your head while tapping at your mom. Okay. The source of it. Okay. Okay. Because in that moment, it's triggered, and that's so the iron's hot, right? It's a good time yeah. to clear it. And scream at her in your mind because you're not going to actually scream out loud in your place. But scream at her in your mind that it's not okay for her to treat you that way. You know, the same kind of okay. stuff we do in the program. And, you know, just just remember yet another example of her doing that to you. And just stand up to her, scream at her, and uh, tell her it's not okay to treat you that way. And use it as an opportunity to continue the healing of that. Okay, I'll do that. Now... Okay. And then when you come uh-huh. out, uh-huh. Uh, ask for a hug. 
ask for a hug from, from Anderson. Okay, I'll do that. Because now to reconnect I, okay. with him. Okay. Now, I have to ask you this just to clear it for myself. If he yeah. is doing that, I feel, this is going to sound stupid now, but I feel that if anybody witnessed the way he is talking to me like that, and I'm just mm -hmm. quietly ignoring it, how terrible it would look that he's there ordering me. Did you spread that? I have to show you everything. I have to show you okay. how to clean. Put the lid. Oh, this is the other thing. I keep leaving the lids off. Baby wipes, especially mm -hmm. at nighttime when I'm tired. And right. he's the kind of a person who will always put the lid back on properly. Now, I've got better at putting the lid back on, okay? Because I don't right. want to annoy him. But he'd murder right. me over that. And I just think this is pathetic. I'm letting someone shout at me over this. However, I have not reacted. Okay. Like Well, you can say to him, you know, that it's not okay for him to talk to you that way, that you're sorry about leaving the lid off, but it's not okay for him to say it that way. You know, and then you can model for him. You say, you know, in the future, it would really work better for me if you just say, just remind, just say it in a reminding sort of way. You know, okay. you please remember to put, put the lid on, on the okay. thing, right? So you can, you can request for what, you know, what you want. So I'm not saying okay. not to do that. Okay. I'm just saying that there's a, there's a big issue, a deep issue, a deep wound from your mother. Yeah, okay. getting triggered every time he does that. Now, it's not to say that it's totally okay the way he says it. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that there's a really deep wound here. You know, mm. we all, we can, when we're married, we all tend to have things that are annoyances. You know, that, you know, we can try and work them out. You know, you can certainly do what I suggested and say, look, it feels bad when you say it that way. And it'd be a lot easier for me to hear if you say it this way. And he might remember to do that. Um, he may sometimes, and he might, he may remember part of the time. It may, it may not stick at all. He's not able to do it. And it becomes one of these things where it's part of the package. Now, there's certain things. See, the way you said it, the tone of voice you said it, I'm guessing he didn't say it that way because you tend to go into the, your mom's tone of voice. Because okay. the way you described it is exactly the way you would tell me how your mom would say it. Okay. And um, I'm guessing he's not like that. So I think, see, I think what happens for you is it gets, you know, very much magnified by your experience with your mom. Yeah, right? I do. I feel, I feel very, um, I feel very hurt. I feel very criticized. Um, yeah. Well, like you said, you even described mm. as he, he's murdering you, which is a very yeah. strong statement when versus, you know, he's criticizing what I'm doing is different than he's murdering me. So that's that intensity that, that you experience, which caused you to use the word he murders me on this. That's coming from your experience with your mom. Like the only reason I don't react is because he has taught me and I believe him that he would never say or do anything to hurt me. And I know he wouldn't mm -hmm. because I know he hates a fight as much as I would over something so pathetic. So I I right. just hold it. I, I hold my reactions in, but I'm going to do as you suggest and see how that goes. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to uh, do some more healing on what your mom did. And then okay. it's okay. To, I think it is okay to ask him to, to word it in a different way and then tell him how to do it. Especially since, as you say, English is his second language. So um, if I say it like this, look, um, you, you can just remind me to, to, to put the lid back on. Would I say it like and that? Then, and then actually say the phrase. I would give him an example. I'd say it'd be a lot easier for me to hear if you would say it this way and then say it the way you'd like him to say it. Like, so I'll give you an example. 
being, you know, pretending I'm you and pretending you're him, I say, Anderson, it feels really bad when you word it that way. It'd be much easier for me to hear if you would say, you know, could you please remember to put the, the lid back on the, the, the container, you know, the wipes or whatever. Okay. Now, I know I'm being a devil's advocate, but he'll say, I can't say anything to you when you're in an awful state and then I'm in a, and you're all upset and then I'm even more upset just because he said that. That's why I would suggest you do the, the healing first because oh, okay. the healing first because that's what happens is that if he if he feels at all critical to you I was just we were, I was just talking about this earlier in the same call right that yeah. we become overly sensitive and and therefore and also overly reactive which can actually push somebody into becoming more like our parents so you had this you know oh. super hostile and intensely critical mother so you can react in a way that's going to make him more critical of you. Oh, right. Okay. So what you want like, to do yeah. is heal it. Since I have been not reacting, I do not allow myself to react harshly. He'd come over very loving and say nice things then to me after it. Yeah. Because I haven't reacted. So it's a good coping strategy to just hold in your reactions, especially since you know that they're not really about him. You know, they're really about your mom. Um, but that's that's challenging right it's gonna it takes a toll on you so that's why I, that's why I was recommending go in the bathroom and vent and silent scream silent scream means yelling with your mouth open and your body in full tension and you know the using all your muscles as if you're screaming out loud only without actually making a sound so if somebody saw you it would look like you know a live video with a mute button on <laughs> it looked like you were really screaming but they uh, they just can't hear it for some reason so you want to do that because your body's feeling the yell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> in your mind, you're hearing the yelling. And that, okay. that's really effective while you're tapping. Okay, I'll do that. And then when you get him, going... and then once you, uh, yeah, once you release a lot of that, you'll feel better. Then you can ask him in a calmer way. Say, hey, you know what? It's, it triggers me when you do it that way. When you say it like this and like that, you know, and you tell him, and it says, what would, I mean, don't model, don't tell him just the way he said it. So it'd be a lot easier for me to, so don't repeat the way if he I said it. If I give him the words. Yeah, just repeat the model. Repeat the model. Yeah, it'd be much easier if you say it this way for me. Would you please do that? And yeah. this is just my final question if I'm not taking up too much time. No, um, go for it. Okay, so when I haven't been not reacting to anything and he comes over to me afterwards and he's quite loving, like that feels very strange for me. I'm thinking, oh my God, he was just, I'm going to say it again, now murdering me and now he's being really nice. Is, is there something weird going on here? <laughs> so what's going on there, so what's going on there is, is, is a confirmation of what I was saying that most of your reaction is from your mother, not him. Right? Oh, okay. Because your mother was not, was not loving at all. So for, you know, she would never come over and give you a hug. I mean, she didn't hug you. No. So you you're with a, you're married to a man who's a very nice guy and he's very loving, and you know the way he expresses himself around is he sounds like a kind of an an anal kind of guy that he's very particular about how he likes things done, both for himself and you know his partner in his in his life, and so he tends to say it in a way that probably to you feels a little critical, a little something, just enough to trigger all your mom stuff. So 
it feels intensely unloving to you. So it feels like mm-hmm. it's murdering you because this, this your mother really was unloving and she really was murdering you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then you're, and then you're so surprised and shocked when he comes over and gives you a big hug. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he does, yeah. He come over and give me a big hug and I think yeah, I thought you were just killing me a minute ago. What's this vote? <laughs> right, exactly. Because he wasn't killing you originally. He was doing something okay. that just didn't, you know, other people might react by going, eh, you know, I don't really like the way that feels. But they wouldn't have a big reaction to it. They would have a minor reaction to it. Oh, so I'm kind of overreacting. And, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll yeah, do that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're overreacting. It's because okay. anybody who, had a, who grew up with a mother screaming at them, being critical of them for years and years and years, would be hypersensitive to anything that feels like criticism. Okay. Okay. That's just, that's just normal. It's funny to think after all these years of doing this type of work, I still have more to do. That's just the way it is. Well, look how much you've done. Right? Oh, yeah, you cleared yeah. your blocks. You you cleared your love blocks well enough that you met this really great guy that you married, and now you mm. have a baby together. So you're, you have a mm. family. Yeah. So there's a lot of success, and it's hard to you know you, you healed it enough that you were able to find him and be with him and stay with him. You know, having have it and having a good marriage, and there's enough left over that stuff comes up for you as part of it. Um, okay. And that's and that's true too for all of us. You know, my wife and I. You know, I am super grateful that we found each other and, I mean, it wasn't luck. You know, we, were, we both worked in clearing our blocks to find each other, but I'm super grateful. I feel very fortunate. And, you know, we are very still to this day, very happy to be married to each other. And there's still stuff that comes up in our, in our <laughs> relationship. You know, it's like nobody, okay. we've, nobody heals everything. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing lifelong process, really. But what we okay. want to do is heal, heal enough that we're not prevented from being with our ideal partner anymore so that we can okay. find a really great, great partner for us, for ourselves, and have this really good marriage. Mm. And a really good marriage includes getting upset periodically. That's just the way it okay. Is. Okay. But it's an opportunity okay. to do more healing, right? Yeah, certainly. Congratulations okay, on your baby. Thank you very much. He's six weeks old today. <laughs> hey, wow. Very Six good. weeks old. Yes. Nice. And uh, congratulations again on having found such a great guy. People may have Thank the impression you. from this exchange that he's like, oh, I wouldn't want somebody you know, saying that kind of thing to me. But overall, he's a really great guy. Does everybody know that? Overall, he's a great guy. And thank you very much. I wouldn't have found him without you, without your help. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. And I am delighted for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's okay. see if there's anybody else would like a quick question. Oops, I'm trying to mute. Hey, the mute. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Um, all right, so we got two minutes left. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has a question, a question that they can throw out fast. Um, the online people, people on the phone, or who've connected to their computer with their microphone and everything, just can raise their hand. Um, or you can just type in the chat box, actually. So do you have any chat messages? Or, you know, chat question, you can do it that way. Um, but, and uh, Don, if you have a quickie, you know, question, you're welcome to raise your hand back up again. Uh, we have a new guest on the call, but this call is ending in two minutes. So new guest, if you uh, want to partic- participate, uh, raise your hand right away because we have two minutes left in the call. 
or type a chat message to get your, to do your, your question that way. Um, one minute left. Anybody's going to type me a chat question, just start with something really short and submit it so that I know that you're in the process of typing your question. Um, just say, got one, and then you know, submit that, and then type the rest of your message. Your hands. Oh, did you have a follow-up? Or did I just forget to rate, put your hand down? Anna? Oh. No, sorry, I just did that by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll mute you again. Okay. Well, I guess that's it then. So we had some great questions, and I uh, hope it was helpful for everybody who's on the call now and everyone who listens to the recording later. And I will see you on the uh, next monthly live Q&A call. In the meantime, keep healing so that you can clear your blocks and finally be with the love of your life. Bye, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.